Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Best Damn Podcast on the Interwebs Season 6. It's the Damn Enchiladas, the podcast where shenanigans and hijinks surrounding horror movies, video games, television, comic books, and beer come early and often. I am Carlos Rivera. Adam Griffin is doing some weird shit with a water bottle. And on the other side, the third, Robert Horowitz, Christy Henderson, the fifth. Follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles in the show notes, and the show at It's Them Damn on Instagram at It's The Damn Enchiladas Podcast, and wherever you can find any alcoholic drinks. Gentlemen, it's been a while. However, uh, we are here, and I am purposely uh, minimizing the Skype screen so I do not see what Griff was doing during that whole interaction, so all I saw was Rob laughing. I was just contemplating taking a drink of water, that's all. That's all I saw. Yeah. But for some I, reason, it was very funny. Apparently, it was hilarious, Rob. Anyways, how y'all doing? I mean, was it, what, what, 18, 19 months? I'm down yeah. here. I'm, I'm here. It's huh. fun. Kind of, I guess. I don't Have know. you left your house yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went out earlier uh, this week. We were recording this on September 18th on a Saturday. Just after 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I went out earlier this week. Uh, and at the beginning of this whole pandemic uh, time period, I took a picture of store shelves. And it was pretty barren and empty. And I uh, went out earlier this week, and uh, store shelves were pretty barren and empty. And yeah, I, 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 time has folded back in on itself. So we're here crazy um actually today my mom was like um be sure not to go to um shop right because apparently 10 employees have it but yep. now everyone has to wear their masks and i'm like um yeah so that's why i started doing curbside pickup for everything now yesterday went to total wine had my uh got a case of wine you know for the rest for the rest of this, uh, the winter so i don't have to go out again <laughs> And just I, had thought you, I really thought you were about to say for the rest of the month. Oh, God damn it, Rob. <laughs> you know six is not enough for the rest of the month. <laughs> got some nice... Uh, since I'm always in Romanian um, time zone, I uh, got some nice Romanian wine. So to all our to all our listeners in Eastern Europe, thank you. Um, it's been real. We appreciate your... Uh, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that it's 17, 18 months. Yeah, but the constant is we've had plenty of time to watch horror movies. This is true. We're we're, we're in the middle of a, a spooky season. I think uh, got a lot of marathons creeping in, so I'm excited for that. Oh, I'm highly excited. Highly excited. 
So, what are we talking about this week? Uh, well, we uh, got a lot of stuff, but I, I do want to uh, uh, acknowledge something you brought up um, in, in, in the Red Hot Twitter Machine DMs uh, to acknowledge uh, the passing of Michael Kenneth Williams. Um, just what what a gut punch and a blow his 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 passing is. Uh, from a creative standpoint, from an inspirational standpoint, um, from the characters he put forth on screen, not just Omar from The Wire, but, you know, Chalky White, Boardwalk Empire, um, various guest stints on shows like Community. Uh, his turn as Leonard Pine and Happen Leonard is very, uh, very uh, well done. Just a force to be reckoned with on screen. And his activism, activism work, Top notch, uh, just an all around good presence that will be missed. That's yeah, another one, just out of you know, just out of nowhere. Um, it's, and it's kind of I don't know if you, I'm I'm sure you read about it. Um, how his turn on Lovecraft Country actually really put a burden on him. Yeah, and that's what cracked him. Um, so that's yeah. crazy to think about. Um, that how much work and soul that these actors put into their roles and how they you know they they live that life they become that character and then like it takes a toll on them it's it's crazy i mean i could understand it um having dealt with nonsense like that too but i can't even imagine um and i was just you know what i was just actually going to restart watching boardwalk empire so now i'm definitely going to do my rewatch uh, and my wire rewatch Yep. It's every two years. Got to do that. Got to keep on. But now when I see Omar on the screen, I'm going to be a little sad. Yeah. Nope. That being said, um, rest in peace, Michael. We will see you again, I'm sure, in this world or the next. Or however, however that plays out. I'm not going to get very uh, metaphysical or religious right now. But we did embark on two iconic horror movies yes yeah yeah we're, we're, we're got a new segment it's, it's, a, it's a season six full of new segments and, and things to do things to keep us engaged with with horror in general and sometimes that means uh uh taking a cue from what could be considered as uh uh blind entries in in, in favorite franchises of ours um uh one thing I'm interested in when we talk about this kind of stuff is is staying away from the usual approach, which means to say staying away from a, a kind of sense of dismissiveness in tone uh, concerning the fun of generally watching horror movies. Uh, it seems like a lot of it seems like there's a lot of a, a rush to adopt a certain kind of cynicism and uh, malaise surrounding this stuff. And I'm thinking there's a better way to kind of, you know, keep the good vibes going rather than dwelling on what doesn't work or what we find stupid or all the, all the various fallacies that you can pretty much find anywhere if you look hard enough. So uh, for this, what we're going to call this is Introverse, 
We're basically building a horror universe out of uh, many different elements. And uh, for this first installment, I wanted to look at uh, two movies. Uh, I think, weren't these both first-time watches for you, Rob? They were both first-time watches for me, yes. Yeah, uh, we're looking at uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, and Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, so, Rob, I'm going to let you, you, you are gonna, you're going to steer this thing. Uh, start where you want to start. Jesus Takes Manhattan. Uh, <clears throat> we will... We'll see where it goes. Uh, just remember, just remember, uh, focus on the fun. Again, it's easy to Fo- call this stuff. Focus, stupid. focus on the fun. It would be very easy to call one of these movies stupid. I'm gonna try to not do that because that's not why we're here. Uh, I'm gonna. I actually would like to lead off talking about Freddy's Revenge, and it may just be because it's been forever since I've seen the first movie. I'm not sure I understand why this why this one in particular gets shit on. Because mm. it just it seemed it seemed fine to me. I don't know what were what were people expecting. Well, I think was the whole controversy about this movie was the what they say the homoerotic nature of uh, the lead. Um, oh. Hey, listen, I'm just... I There was a documentary on it. Um, what was the name of it, Griff? You remember? Scream Queen? Yeah. My Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, is the subtitle. But, it, yeah, it, it was detailing uh, Mark Patton's life and career uh, and, and the fallout of what happened with this movie. Yeah, like, it's a... Like, it's... I've always... I've always said after part three, things go downhill. Um... Because you can't get any better than Dream Warriors. And Griff and I agree on this. I mean, we both agree that Dream Warriors is like the best <laughs> Freddy thing ever. Yeah. Um, but part two is really good. Right. Like, part two is, I think this is as good as part one. Um, because it actually, it's actually so different than all the other Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, but you actually get to see um, how Freddy, like he terrorizes this guy. Yes. Like, this is this is insane. Like this is the Freddy that I remember actually scaring me. Mm-hmm. When he freaking jumps out the pool, like I I didn't want to go in the pool for like months after that. So then you know he's in a Nintendo game. Like you you see so that's different. Part two, I think is fantastic, and the character work for. The young man is just like insane. Yeah. Like he's this dude's totally cracking, and he's cracking for a very good reason because he's being completely terror terrified in his dreams. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna fix that by never sleeping again." Just like the song says, you know, "Never sleep again." As it turns out, that is a very very bad way to deal with that particular crisis. That shit don't work. Especially since Freddy's like, eh, you know, maybe I don't give a shit if you're asleep or not. Maybe I'm just going to show up a couple times when you're ostensibly completely awake. And, uh, you know, just casually murder a few people who have been giving you shit. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think uh, Freddy's Revenge makes me wonder what would have happened if that franchise had continued without the kind of 
pop culture adopt adoption of the character, you know, like if we didn't get such an emphasis on the jokes yeah, because, yeah, you know, most of most of humorous Freddy's jokes bomb. Right. But there's still a pretty big mean streak underneath every single joke he makes or every single attempt at a joke he makes. You know, it's still a very cruel character, even wrapped in um, this kind of humor that just is pretty much, you know, dad joke humor from a burned dream boogeyman, you know. So. I think it, when the character does come back, we're going to see more installments um, along the lines of Fred's Revenge. Uh, like we might get like one or two that really try to do the jokey thing, but I think the future of the franchise lies in more of these creative takes. I uh, I'd be very interested to see somebody take that character and just just go just go full bore mean as fuck with everything that he does it's like someone please do that <laughs> well just like they did with the, the the halloween movie you know when the 2018 halloween movie like they kept they they you know they modernized it because nowadays you, you just apparently you can't have a horror movie without having some jokes in it um like i'm used to their the outrageous kills being the funny part of the movies, not you know, not one-liners here and there. Yeah. But 2018 Halloween like did that perfectly. You know, it was you know had some moments of humor, but Michael's you know Michael's scary as shit. Like he like he was in part one. Yeah. Um, and if somebody who's um I'm drawing a blank here because my mind's been all over the place the last couple of months. Uh, Elijah Wood was it? His company was gonna. Trying to um, write script. Uh, Spectre Vision, yeah. Spectre Vision was looking at uh, something they could do with Nightmare on Elm Street. They, they, say, I think they reached out to the uh, to the Craven Estate since the rights are now back with Wes Craven's family. So, um, haven't heard anything since. You know, who knows what's uh, going to happen? Yeah, and whoever's listening, me and Adam have written a. Uh, well, we've spoken about a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street um, draft. Uh, yeah. I, I have a new trilogy ready to go. Yeah. My, Legit. My, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. He's not joking. Um, um, I also have a standalone episode of Freddy's Nightmares um, that I've already scripted. That could be... It's not It's not enough for a full film, fil, you know? But just enough for a nice episode of uh, Freddy's Nightmares. So... You know, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm done. Uh, I wouldn't mind... Like as a reintroduction, I wouldn't mind like an anthology movie. Uh, that way That'd you be really uh, good. You uh you hit a whole lot of bases in one. You have different people playing Freddy Krueger, which it works because it's a world made out of dreams and nightmares, and, and nightmares always take different shapes. So, Ultimate Nightmare Boogeyman can always look different uh, structurally. Um, and I actually wouldn't mind if they did that, right? If they brought back Robert England for one. Yeah. Let our boy <laughs> from the 2010 remake. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just started. No, it's fine. Uh, you can because... have him, you can have him play one of the Freddies, and then have a totally new actor play another Freddy. Would you Would you like to hear something that'll really make you think about what the 2010 movie really is? 
Uh, did you know that it's not classified as uh, as a remake? It's classified internally as a sequel. Get the, what? Um, it doesn't have the created by uh, credit for Wes Craven. Characters created by doesn't have that. Huh. So it's it's a sequel. Well, I was going to save this for uh, another episode, another like special episode, but I'm going to drop it now, and we can expand on it in its own episode. Well, well, well hold on. Okay. This is where Mark, Mark drops the exclusive content. Um, we'll, 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 we'll. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, or like the air horn. Like the DJ's like red alert. All right. What, what was the ultimate premise of Wes Craven's new nightmare, Carlos. What was the ultimate premise? Yes. Um. Well, we were aware that it was fake. Um. That you know the character that was Nancy was actually you know, uh, Heather. Whatever. I can like, like I said, I can't. Heather, Heather Langham. Yes, I thought it was. All right. Anyway. You know, I like to say not say things just to make sure I don't say them wrong because I know you got it. Um. And she's being terrorized by. The actual, it was the actual Freddy. Right. The, um, the actual energy. Yep. So the overall thing is that they trapped that entity by making six movies. And then they stopped. So now uh, they kind of hint at the only way to keep it trapped is to make more movies. So then you're watching the movie made to keep the entity trapped. Right. So, in order to make another movie to keep the entity trapped, you get uh, Freddy vs. Jason. And then what else do you get in order to keep this entity trapped? You know, sometimes when you lead me down a path, I, 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 I veer left or right, so you're going to have to... You get A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Ah, gotcha. So, that's how they can classify it as a sequel. Huh. That's fucking both weird and kind of amazing. For those listening to the podcast, uh, Rob's mind was just blown. It kind of was, yeah. Um, wow. This is way to, way to drop that one on us, Adam. This is what my brain does all the time. <laughs> it, yeah, it works all, like, I've seen it in action, like, after, like, Oktoberfest, where it's 3 o'clock in the morning and he's, like, talking to himself. And it's like working overtime. Yeah. It's always on. Yeah. It's always on. Um, but I, listen, I, I totally dig part two. Yeah. And the soundtrack's amazing. Um, and even, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, oh, the shower scene? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole that whole ordeal where it's in that fun space of the franchise where you don't know if it's taking place in uh in real world or what passes with real world since there's a lot of tells that the whole thing is all a dream. But um you don't know if it's real world or not, and then they go into their sketchy bar. Uh in which such establishments were always played as the place you don't want to be. 
like even in like the police academy series which is you know it's like this typical 80s locale in how it was presented which is kind of uh, fucked up in its own right, but you know that's another. The the Blue Oyster Club. The, yeah, the Blue Oyster Club. Oh, yeah, Blue Oyster. Why do I remember that? Oh my! God. I, I remember that. I remember the Blue Oyster because that was like iconic. Yeah. Whenever they would walk, <laughs> the Commandant and uh, what's his name? No, no, uh, not the Commandant. Uh, Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> when him and the other guy who uh, walked in, I I will never forget that. Aren't they supposed to remake Police Academy? Yeah, I'm talking about. Oh, I. Don't know that's that's, that's that. going to be a very hard sell. Uh, that's going to be hard to make. They should just. Well, no, because I think they they talked about Gutenberg being in it. Yeah, but I mean, just the the uh, the uh, the overtones <laughs> itself. A, a lot of that humor didn't. It's not going to age very well. Listen, a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> has not aged well. <laughs> They're like, tell me you're making remaking Blazing Saddles, and I'm going to be like, I wish you luck, but I wouldn't. <laughs> Let me tell you, the other day I was watching Teen Wolf. That's not going to fly either. <laughs> no, man. The 80s were bad. I was like, like holy crap, this happened in Teen Wolf? <laughs> like, everything we were exposed to as as children was rough. <laughs> like, like, just really, really rough. Um, Fucking cartoons were rough back in the day. The Tom and Jerry cartoons literally had a character named Mammy, for fuck's sake. It's like, oh my god. God, this is fucked. If you watch it now, it's just like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's, uh, it's the shit we watched. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I mean, Mag- it explains a lot, but. <laughs> oh, who are, the, who are the magpies again? Um, Heckle and Jekyll? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's, that's not going to fly. Oh, no. <laughs> Mutt and Jeff? No. 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 Shit, I was watching a Three Stooges cartoon the other day that I had on uh, on VHS because I found it. I was like, oh shit, I haven't seen this in forever. And they were, uh, <laughs> it was a cannibal uh, episode. I was like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh no. Oh, how the hell is this allowed? <laughs> didn't care. Get away with this. It's a did not oh, care. Oh, oh, oh. Let us not let us not let us not digress from uh, <laughs> no, that. That, uh, could be, <laughs> that could be a series <laughs> of episodes. That, uh, it will be, so don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I guess if we want to go ahead and move on to the other movie. Well, I, I did want to say that um, I think the body horror in Friends and Fringe is top notch. Oh. Mm. Freddy coming, Freddy emerging. It's like, oh, no, no, I don't like this. But I couldn't stop looking at it. So it's like, well, you, you've done your job. Good job. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> various transformation scenes. Just great. Um, yeah, so it definitely, I think it definitely goes beyond uh, its original trappings as long as you view it with an open mind. You know, because it is kind of hard to uh, apply the awareness we all have, or at least uh, hope we have about things, and then apply it back to older material. Because then it, you know, a lot of stuff kind of falls apart or isn't um, as uh, culturally sensitive as it would be if it was kind of addressed today. Uh, so keep that in mind. You know, if you, if you see something questionable or something that doesn't uh, fly with you, all that will. Just as a general rule, uh, general point of uh, point of viewing to folks out there that might be. Looking at this older stuff with a uh, 
get more of a uh, dismissive eye due to content and everything. Because I mean, I, you know, we we all know that that this stuff <laughs> this stuff can be rough to watch. She just ain't right. Sometimes. 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 <laughs> so from, from so from you know Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, then we move on to Rob's favorite, you know, um, favorite Jason Voorhees movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how many of these number have one, you seen number, now? Number eight on the charts and number one in our hearts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah. The eighth uh, of Friday. Uh, just to answer that question, I've seen like one and two, but it's been forever ago, and we watched, and we did the commentary on fi- five. Five? Yeah. yeah. And that now I've watched eight, and uh, that's a that's a that's a movie. <laughs> that is a movie. What's fascinating, I I I will tell you, you you should now you, you're gonna have to watch six and seven. Yeah. To just to just see the natural progression, because um, <laughs> seven is so good. <laughs> like I was just watching seven the other day. It's so good. <laughs> and then Jason takes my head. Now I I gave you a little tidbit and I told you to think about something that happens in this movie that goes beyond <laughs> the realm of belief and plausibility. It- is it, it how they were on Crystal Lake and somehow ended up in New York? How a cruise ship? <laughs> yeah, how the fuck did that happen? Crystal Lake. <laughs> and listen, this 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 is supposed to be um, Crystal Lake. You know, this is, is in New Jersey. You know, it was. It was um, I forget the town. I think it actually is. No, I know exactly where it is, but there there was no. Way <laughs> that connects to the Hudson River. All right, there's just no way. There, there's no way a lake can connect to an ocean. The last time I checked, rivers true. connect to lake uh, to to oceans. Lakes are lakes because they don't connect to anything else. You get that cruise ship down a river, even if they do connect. It seems like it might. I don't know how wide the Hudson is, though. So it might be wide enough to the, accommodate well, that. Uh, the, the Hudson's pretty wide. Okay. But, yeah. you know, never in, as far as I know, never in any of the other movies did they indicate that Crystal Lake connects to anything that connects to the ocean. So it's like, excuse me? Or to the outside world. <laughs> yeah, at all. There's, it's supposed think, to be this remote, isolated, you know, eight cabins and what the fuck ever else. Yeah. I think me and Griff have like, discussed this, like, part, Jason goes to hell. It's probably the only time that you realize that people outside of Crystal Lake know about Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Because um, even in Jason Takes Manhattan, no one knows who he is. Like, he's just walking around the streets of Manhattan, you know, killing people. That's and it's like, a normal day, it's like a normal day in New York City. Why those punks with the radio talk shit. Yeah, And man. then they immediately stop talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, the scene in the sewer... Oh, that's that was actually really unpleasant. <laughs> it's like, ooh, no. The, when, when little Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, fuck. I actually thought that was kind of a kind of a cool thing where they're like, hey, this is what happened to this kid, and you know, here's his connection to the main character and her creepy uncle or who the fuck ever. They like, 
You know what the best way to teach kids how to swim is? You fucking try to drown them in the middle of a lake. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 80s were messed up. <laughs> that dude catches it in the, that's approximately the way he should, that, though. That, that's, that's, what, that's what people I've did. I've seen parents throw their kids into pools. That's, that's what they did. <laughs> and figure it out. No, we're not dogs. Like <laughs> dogs can like so dog will figure that out. Humans flail around and fucking I go still don't know how to swim. My parents taught me how to swim and they sure as fuck didn't take me out to the middle of a body of water and shove me out the goddamn boat. <laughs> that is that is not how you do. Stop that. And uh, and I honestly think that may be a leading cause of why I, uh, I do have an irrational fear of drowning. Um is because of the Jason uh Friday the 13th series. Because every time they mention it, little boy drowns. I'm like, nope, not going in. <laughs> and now, away I, from so bodies how it works is, I don't want to drown, so I don't get in the water. I don't learn how to swim because I think I'm going to drown if I go in the water. So I just stay away. You yeah. know. I thought you were. So if you ever go into the water, there's a distinct possibility that you will in fact drown because yeah, you don't know how to swim. Nothing, nothing above the waist, and that even that's pushing it. Even that, you better be drunk. <laughs> Except that's a horrible idea. That's, a, that's, that's horrible, man. That, what, <laughs> shut up, Rob. Why would you say that? I don't have Griff's power to speak things into the world, thankfully. So. Oh yeah, Griff does have that power. He does. Although he hasn't, we, he hasn't used it in, in a while. Occasionally, uh, he uses it for evil by accident. Yeah, we've been off the air, so yeah. uh, he hasn't spoken anything in existence lately. Yeah, yeah. I got that uh, Quake remake remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gunning for Marvel's Capcom 2 next. Uh, do me do me a favor and speak them not fucking with the KOTOR story too much for the remake. They're gonna fuck with it for the remake. They're gonna, they're gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. They're gonna mess with it, um, Aspire. I mean, not... with good intentions, but, um... It could still be, it's, it'll probably still be good, but yeah, they the, anyway. the, pro- the problem is that the uh, everybody's mind's already made up, and everybody's right. mind's already bent towards destroying whatever comes out anyway. We so we could do another episode on that someday. Yes. But so. uh, anyway, let's let's get back to talking about Jason <laughs> Takes Manhattan before we end up talking about something else for the next hour. Yeah. Um. I I dig the premise. I I understand. Uh, the disconnect between, you know, Crystal Lake and, and Big Body Water and New York. But that, you know what, I'm okay with it because what happens in this movie, um, you get Jason Voorhees at the height of his, uh, well, at the height of his teleportation ghost powers before uh, his body gets blown up in part nine. Spoiler. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> Wait, can, can you repeat that again? <laughs> Jason Voorhees gets blowed up in the first 13 and a half minutes of Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Yep. Yes. I can say that because it obviously wasn't the Final Friday. So, uh, so spoiler alert for <laughs> who had not seen it, Rob. But, but um, it'll be fine. It's fine. So It's absolutely fine. Try no. You haven't seen the movie yet. It's fine. It's true. Um, uh, but this, I think, I'll, I'll put um, Jason Takes Manhattan and Part 7 up there with Predator 2 in the sense that it does more for the 
backbone of the franchise from a char- villainous character standpoint than the original movie does. Because what do what do people talk about when they talk about Jason? Besides the hockey mask, the fact that he doesn't run, and that he just teleports. And what does this movie have? Jason doesn't he he doesn't run. No. He, he is in on the joke, and that's the most fun to be had in this movie. Watch it with the with the thought process that um, none of these characters know what they're in for. Jason Voorhees knows what he's going to do, and he is having actual fun doing it. Uh, I think this is uh, Kane Hodder's second best performance as Jason, besides part seven. Just due to the sheer glee that happens due to this <laughs> portrayal. Yeah. He catches a hellacious ass whooping in this movie too, and the whole time he's just like, "All right, get it out, get it out of your system, go ahead." He's he's slowly walking backwards the whole time. He's getting the shit beat out of him by the head jock. That rooftop sequence, like everybody, um, everybody laughs because it doesn't make any sense because you can't physically punch somebody's head off like that. But that's the point. <laughs> that is the point of the entire scene. It is messing with you because you know this dude's going to get messed up. Jason Voorhees knows this dude's going to get messed up. He's just waiting to do it. Jason got a mean right hook. <laughs> it's like it's like the rope dope, you know. Yeah. He's like, all right, all right. Uh, that that character has my favorite moment in the movie. What are you going to take? I don't need nothing. With this gun <laughs> cocks the shotgun and walks away. <laughs> it did get thrown off the boat. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Only to show up as they're piling into the fucking uh, oh god, the, the rescue boat to paddle away. And he's like, "Yo!" He's, he just pops up on the side. It's like, "Oh, we forgot about you because you know you you got thrown off the ship and then uh, we're just gone for." For seemingly forever, you reappeared. I I dig how cavernous the boat is. Like this thing is shot like a haunted house. It's the fucking Titanic. Yeah. What? In the middle of Crystal Lake again. Yeah. What uh, What's the name of the dude with the camera? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just remember him at some point saying, "Man." I'm an asshole. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah are. you are. You are an asshole. And then you get got. Again, it's it's the 80s where people are doing really messed up stuff. <laughs> Blackmailing teachers. It's it's like, this is one of the quintessential 80s movies because it's got every single 80s subplot in it within a horror movie. You got uh, uh, rich kids doing drugs and, and, and being scandalous. You've got the black male teacher to get an A on the, on the paper plot. You've got the misunderstood kid uh, uh, that has to get out of their fears in order to save the day. It's got everything. And Jason Voorhees. It's fun. Damn it. Yeah, I didn't really come away from this thinking, oh my god, that movie is a piece of shit. I did come away from it thinking, what the, f- what the hell just happened? <laughs> but especially the ending, just like, Wait, did 
did he just transform into young child Jason Voorhees and then just disintegrate? Because what the fuck? Like, yeah, and I dig it. You know why? Because of all the stupid uh, toxic waste myths <laughs> from the A's itself. And you know, if if you're in uh, if you're in supernatural ghost story territory, anyway, what's gonna be the ghost? Uh, some weird ass body horror science. Yeah. And what gets that kick started more than anything, especially in the 80s? Toxic waste. Toxic waste. Man, that just, you mentioning toxic waste, just putting in my head that scene from Robocop. Yep. He's <laughs> just like, Ugh! and then the van hits him and he fucking explodes. I'm sorry, whenever I, whenever I hear the words Robocop, I just laugh because of verse. Don't watch that movie when you're seven. Um,. Don't watch that movie before the age of 35. <laughs> you watched RoboCop at 7? Yep. Damn. Convinced my parents to let me go with my neighbor across the street. And... Oh, man. Murphy getting yeah. shredded by gunfire. Yep. The toxic waste incident. Yep. And then they made Boniker a cartoon. catching it in his neck. Then oh. they made a cartoon about it uh, three years later. So, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> messed up <laughs> uh, I get I mean if you want <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just remembering Griff's finally telling this story on this podcast uh, a couple seasons ago uh, <laughs> it's great I'm over here I'm over here dying because I'm watching the scene from uh, you know Gates of Hell and, and Griff's horror story is a Robocop <laughs> shredding just obliterating that poor guy in the, in the office in the conference room yeah oh boy yeah some violent shit in that movie yeah but uh not to mention oh I'd buy that for a dollar thing it's just, it's just like oh when you're seven you probably don't get that then later on it's just like Oh, <laughs> that's oh, that's, he, he, real. that's unfortunate. <laughs> he got it, and uh, yeah, it's not. It's well, not seven-year-old Griff maybe did get it. I actually don't have that much trouble believing that. I guess no, seven seven-year-old Griff um, did not like that movie. <laughs> that movie didn't number on well, that poor kid's brain. I wonder what happened to him. So, I mean, I know what happened to him. I'm looking, <laughs> looking right at him right now. <laughs> that, that, that movie was probably what's to blame for all the restless nights thinking about everything. Trying to rewrite history. How do we make it so that Alex Murphy <laughs> doesn't get shot by a group of criminals? 19 how, times. How do we do it? How do we keep doing? <laughs> did, did the remake make up for it in any way? I didn't watch it because. Mm. Right, you scared? No. <laughs> I actually, I actually like the remake. Oh, I, Rob, you actually watched it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a minute, but he gets he still gets pretty fucked up. Actually, he gets fucked up even worse, and there's a lot more like uh, you see you see him completely powerless a lot more after. They rebuild him, and it's just like, goddamn. Like the company's got him by the balls, and that's and it's it's pretty fucked up. A lot of people shit on that remake, and I'm like, you know, I I guess I don't 
blame you, but at least watch it first and then shit on it. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, a lot of the the our stories remakes is just due to, due to uh, marketing anyway. They haven't, yeah. figured out how to, they haven't figured out how to market stuff, so they just harp on the fact that it's a remake. Uh, studios got to figure that shit out. Because there's decent stories in some stuff. You just have to go towards them. Speaking of remakes, I would not oh, mind... Oh, is that a professional segue? Might so, be. Depends on if I can get this thought out. I would not mind if uh, this premise was remade outside of Jason going to space. That's right. I wouldn't mind Jason taking a trip to another state yet again in the near future, uh, depending on if that rights situation ever gets hammered out. But yeah, um, this would be a fun premise to revisit. Jason in a different location. Hacking up teenagers and other folks. Jason get some bootleg-ass shit. Jason goes to Iowa. No, it's it's gonna be, and we all know which one it's gonna be if it happens. Jason in the frozen tundra. <laughs> Upstate yep. Buffalo, New York. That's right. Jason takes Wyoming. Give me, give me my death by icicles, please. Um. Yeah. Any, any, any final thoughts on Jason takes Manhattan? I, I thought it was fun. Like, kind of a little stupid, but. Overall, just kind of a fun movie. Now, I don't have the entire previous, uh, you know, series behind me yet, so it may be that once I watch those, I'll go back to watch Jason Takes Manhattan and be like, oh, shit. <laughs> what have you done? You might not even have to watch all of them. Just watch part seven and see. <laughs> might just be see like, the- what the f- How did you go from this to this? It's... Cause, uh, and the worst part is, Seven introduced a really good character, and then she's never around ever again. Yep. <laughs> Naturally. Like, the only person that can, like, I don't want to spoil it for you, Rob, but, uh... Can, uh the, the, the end of that movie becomes a fight. Let's put it yeah. that way. There's actually someone besides Freddy who can, uh, <laughs> hold a fight against, uh, Jason. Nice. And she's never heard from again. That don't make no sense. Ever. Uh, yep, the perils of franchise filmmaking, especially in the eighties. They just churn those movies out year after year. Ah, uh, the good old days. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. I miss it. Um. So yeah, we've 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 covered we've covered that. We've so this is going to be a rotating um theme on the show. So we're going to be going between. You know, movie night and the inch first. So, next week we will be talking about three films again that we enjoyed and we would like others to enjoy with us. Um, we have not picked those films yet. I don't believe, right? No, not no. not yet, not four months. So, um, after we end this episode, we will deliberate um, for a day or so. And we will bring those into light. I'm after watching Ravenous. I'm excited to see what Rob uh, comes up with. And that movie was fucked. <laughs> I already know what I'm picking, and Griff knows. Yeah. So he, if if you think Ravenous is fucked, you're in for a treat, Rob. Yep. Let's just say Ravenous times ten. Mm. All right. Mm. At least. Mm. With with better acting. Mm. Whoa. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, even, though, really Steven, like the acting in even though Steven Spinella and Guy Pearce were in Ravenous, I just wanted to drop one name. One name, Rob. Kurt Russell. Oh, okay. Yep. Get ready. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. So yeah. all you get ready for the craziness that's ensuing on the rest of season six. Um, Drift, how do you want to end I want to end this uh, by saying that I hope y'all have your reading glasses ready because next week involves subtitles. And with that, oh, this shit. has been another episode of It's the Damage Loss Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a non-trifling voicemail at 443-906-0040. For more awesomeness, check out all the other shows on the Scatterbrain Radio Podcast Network at scatterbrainradio.com. Shout out to, uh, to podcast producer for stars, Mark Warren, who's been responsible for making us sound oh so spectacular. Thanks, Mark. You got it. Let's see here. If you dig what we do and think we're a good fit for pushing what you do to the masses, our contact info is in the show notes. So that means Shutter, Microsoft, Yingling, Das Best, Oktoberfest, Heatness, Rob Do Spice. Get at us. <coughs> God damn it, Rob. Cough button for a reason. We will cough out our enthusiasm for putting your products over. So, until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. God damn it. Bye, Rob. Bye. I... Damn you. I hit mute.